0: You guys hear it? The bacon is frying. The eggs are on the on in the pan, and it's time for another edition of No More Leadership BS. Welcome,
1: everybody.
0: Over easy, please.
1: Over easy.
0: We are excited to have another edition of No More Leadership BS. It's going to be another fun-filled three hours. We're going to have a great time, and we got
1: lots to cover. That's just for one 25 minute episode, though. Three hours for a 25 minute episode. Oh, <laughs> there's the yeah. Oh, sorry. Ouch. Hi, Dad.
0: <laughs> but we are back with the crew and excited to see everybody. Let's start off with introductions. We have the glamorous Myra Hall. How are you, Myra?
2: I am so excited again to be first. I love being first. <laughs> so thank you for that. But more than that, I we have a great episode for our listeners. And I just want to tell you to open your ears. You we have got one that you're probably not gonna forget.
1: One no, word. no problem living up to that hype. Yep.
2: <laughs> one episode.
1: Oh, okay. I wasn't sure what you were going
0: with.
2: Bacon's bacon
0: still cooking. <laughs> Next <time.
2: laughs> Sam's
0: looking at me like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like
3: bacon. Uh, it's good but not when you can't share
0: next is my brother from another mother mr Geyer. how are you buddy
3: i'm doing great thanks jeff and um i'm actually a little upset now i didn't realize or didn't understand we were going to have breakfast during the podcast and i already ate and so now i'm just disappointed i get Jeff's portion <laughs> i'm sorry but we have coffee Coffee would be good, please. Coffee's yeah, black, always good. good. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. And next, the man, the myth, Dr. Sam Jennings. How are you doing, Doc? By the way, I have a mole. Can you take a look at this?
4: Oh, yeah, I can't. Oh, no, not there. No, that's no, a no. position. I Sorry, want to see that mess. My that's a word. gracious. So I was doing great. Now I've got to have to go bleach out my eyes. But no, doing well. Things are great. I'm glad to be here, of course. And Jeff, I can't wait to lead us to this conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you, though? <laughs> I said it. <laughs> <laughs> and last but never least the madman of Otis Orchard the one the only Jeff McLaughlin.
2: Crowd goes wild. Ah, goes wild.
1: <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. I'm sitting in the backyard that's a construction zone watching my dog try and attack a moth and just living my best life. You are an animal. You are uh, an animal. Big hairy um, animal. Yeah,
0: it's me. So, <laughs> that's what, anyway, we're not going to go. No. And,
3: <laughs>
0: um, so this podcast is about debunking myths. And one of the biggest myths, and we've all worked for them, is, so it's not so much a myth, is when you're a great leader, you are cold, you are fierce, and you're impotent. impotent. Sorry. 10 points from Gryffindor, 10 points for Gryffindor, (laughs) omnipotent. And what's really funny is when I, when one time I was a CEO, that one time band camp, I was told that you sit in there in your crystal palace and there's that image of the leader living in a, sitting in a big office in the crystal palace and they're cold and they're fierce and they know it all. And how many of us have worked for somebody like that? Yeah. I have. Yeah. Yeah. But when you worked with that person, how did that person make you feel? How did you feel working there?
2: Small. I'll be honest with you. I had a boss that she would call me at nine o'clock to make sure I was in the office and leave me a message. And I was supposed to be in my office by nine o'clock, listen to my messages and return my call by 905. And if I didn't, she would scream at me. That was very literally scream at me for not being there on time or how come you didn't listen to your messages first thing or, and that's the way that, that she ruled. She didn't die. She didn't bop. Good word. She, yeah.
0: dictator. Who else has worked for someone like that?
3: My guy was in the crystal cathedral and I felt like I was in the cardboard outhouse. Really? <laughs> All the stuff flowed downhill, baby.
1: Yeah. Yep. Mr. McLaughlin, how about you? I would say yes on multiple occasions and On numerous of those occasions, the person did know a lot more about the specific job. However, not so much about how to work with people.
0: Oh, yeah. I've worked with that as well. I had a guy, I worked for a guy. He was a big dude. He made me look small and he had silver hair. We called him the silver fox. And when he wanted you, and I'm not joking, he had a bell. And he would ring the bell, and when he wanted you. The other thing, though, he would incentivize things by saying, "If we hit this goal by this date, I will give you X amount of dollars." He would bribe us out of that. And some of us are incentivized by that. And some of us are not. But it really just turned turned me off. It was one of those. When we work for people like that, how many times have we said, "I'm when I become a leader, I'm not doing that, or I'm not going to be that way." And so when there's that image of the leader being Fierce, cold, omnipotent, but in real truth, reality, when you worked with someone who's cold, fierce, and omnipotent, and you felt unempowered, when you started working for somebody who was a team builder, a relationship builder, who was a team guy and was a servant leader of sorts who would work amongst you
1: and not, and not above you, how did you feel? A thousand percent different. In what way? So my... My, it was a basketball coach that was my first real, I think, vision and glimpse into what it means to be a leader. Because I can tell you that we got our asses handed to us every single time because we were playing up multiple years. So we were young, we were small, we didn't have the skill set yet. But he goes, You will, by the end, you will be far more competitive, you will be better. Because you're playing people that are better and your level of sportsmanship in everything, your skill set will all rise. You're going to get your butts handed to you a lot in the beginning, but you will be successful at the end. And he could through, yeah, he could have, he, we always co- called him Coach K, Coach Krzyzewski, because he looked very similar. Yeah. But we would run through, I can tell you right now, if he said, I bet you guys could run through that brick wall, every one of us would have tried. Every one of us would have done it until we actually made it happen because he believed in us and he believed in our abilities and he was very realistic with, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be the cakewalk. You're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to earn it and it's going to hurt. Sure. But the reward is going to be worth it. And he sold us on the vision and then he supported us in that journey, every step of the way, even when he got angry, even when he threw a fit, it was never about a person. It was about an action. And he was very focused on, this is what went wrong, this is how we fix it. And we, to this day, he's one of the most influential men in my life. And I still talk to him and I still go to him for advice. And if I need something and I say, I'm really struggling with this, he's a person that would be, here's somebody I know, here's how you can fix it, or I have no idea, honestly, that's not my area of expertise. I don't think I can help you with that, but let me see if I can help. Find you somebody who can.
0: Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm a big believer in management is a way to do a leadership is a way to be. And when I worked back in the olden days with the guy, the silver Fox with the bell and everything like that, everybody just did their jobs. There was no motivation really other than to do my job, but working for somebody who is one of us and can superior motivator, you can move mountains and be excited about it. Sam, I know you come from the education background. But have you ever had cold, fierce, and omnipotent versus servant?
4: I've said before, I've been exceptionally fortunate to have had really strong direct supervisors, and that's, that holds true. I've been in proximity of those folks and been involved, but not directly related. But to the point you were asking before, with when, when me, makes that transition. And listeners, if you are seated, if you're still right now, not if you're driving, look up and down and left and right all over, get your eye muscles really stretched out. So you don't pull eye muscle when you roll them. When I say I, I was that helper. So I had a colleague here that working for me and would consistently ask me permission to leave if they had a medical issue or something by email. And my schedule was such that I wasn't on email all the time. It could be a half a day before I get back to it. And I'd see it and I'd, oh my gosh, give a quick call. Yes, you can go home if you can't see because you're migraine, please do. Okay, great, thank you. And I had to have some very direct conversations. You don't need to ask. Let me know. You're an adult. We'll figure it out. And I hate to say this, this phrase, but I'll do it because it gets to the point. Trying to help this individual reprogram that I wasn't going to berate them. I wasn't going to hold over their head if they left. I wasn't going to make them feel small for missing a deadline. It was a matter of work. And we'll get there. We'll get it done. But it took not exaggerating years to get to the point where... It was do what you have to do and let me know. But even then, it was still followed up with an apology later. So yeah. the damage that leaders do by ringing the bell, by berating people, by saying, calling and saying, if you're not in by nine o'clock, then your day is shot. You're doing yeah. longstanding damage to folks and that they're not productive at all in the middle of that situation.
0: That is hundred percent correct. The damage you're doing, because for years after that, no matter where I was, whenever I was doing, getting an annual review or a quarterly review or whatever it was, PTSD would kick in because when you're doing your reviews, your review, is your goals and things are supposed to be agreed upon. And he would just say, this is the number. This is what you got. This is the number. This is what right. you got. This is the number. And there was no conversation. It was very dictatorial. And even today, when somebody wants to sit and have a conversation with me about me, PTSD kicks yeah. in. I, I roll up into a ball and I cry and fetal position. Yeah.
2: Jeff, when you talk about the damage you do, I think yeah. I like growing up with an alcoholic father, that's the two people uh, two p- sons in the same family or daughters or whatever, will one will become an alcoholic because that's what they knew. One will never touch a drink because that's what they knew. And I'm working with a gal right now that is just such, such an illustration of this. Someplace along the line, she had a supervisor or somebody of authority over her. It's just what you're talking about. Dictatorial, making her feel small and she made up her mind that when she got the opportunity to become a manager, that she was not going to act like that. Right. But the opposite of that is not good to be a manager either. Now I can't remember you do man. You said you do, you do management, you be a leader. Oh yeah. And
0: management is a way to do. Leadership is a way to be.
2: She's a way to be. And she is, she's a leader, The manager of a store. Okay, so she is leading a group, and she still thinks in order to do a good job, she has to be the opposite of what she worked under. So she does do instead of managing the people under her to do. She doesn't delegate. She does well, and she may delegate, but she if they're not getting it done, she jumps in and does it. Because she's a hard worker and she's not going to be like those other managers. It wasn't until I pointed out to her that what she's robbing her people of. And that was a complete, she says, I assume because I got, because I'm a hard worker and got promoted to this position that I just needed to be a harder worker. Yeah. And I says, you need to quit working and start being a manager and a boss.
0: Yeah. Be that leader. Because to me, a leader's job is to make more leaders, right? I know that's cliche and that's a a great meme that's out there, but it's true. I I always told my staff, my job is to make you a great leader. And they said, what if we may leave? And I'm like, then I've got friends out in the community. I'll develop more leaders. That's just the way it is. So Mr. Geyer, you've been awfully quiet, which is uncharacteristic of you. So what do you think the difference? Have you worked with cold, fierce, and omnipotent or, and have you worked for great leaders? And how did you feel on both?
3: Yes. The straight answer is yes to both of those. And clearly the ones that aren't cold and fierce were better leaders in my eyes. But one of the things I think, and what I took from all that, the very first leader I was my dear friend, he's gone now, Roland Lechance. It's when I was in the Air Force he he was a civil servant and I was a young airman and he taught me a lot about respect and responsibility. He was, here's the work we have to do. Here's the tools to do it with. And then he got out of the way and let us do it. And when our work was done or when the task was done for that day, he didn't really care. Just d- do whatever you're supposed to be doing. And so I learned a lot from that. And the philosophy that I took, in fact, the last medical clinic, I led every new employee. And thankfully our turnover was pretty low, relatively low. So it wasn't happening all the time. We had about 80 or 90 employees, as I recall. And I would meet with every brand new hire. And one of my, the goal of that meeting was to introduce them to our intentional culture. And the intentional culture was, I would describe them as Yes, you're the newest person here. And I've been here for more than a decade and I'm the CEO and you're whatever position they had. And here's what I want you to understand that you and I are co-workers, we're teammates, I'm not on a in the crystal palace. I'm not on a pinnacle and you don't necessarily, I look at it this way. You don't necessarily work for me, although technically I suppose I'm the boss, but that's not the culture we want here. We are co-workers, we work shoulder to shoulder with each other. Yes, I have different responsibilities than you do, but that doesn't make me better than you. We are coworkers. Yes. And if when we fulfill our individual responsibilities, and the responsibilities we have to the team, then we're all going to be successful and it's going to be an awesome thing. And I can't tell you how many, I probably had that conversation over the 14 years I was there. I I didn't keep track, maybe 30 or 40 or 50 times, who knows? And numerous times, overwhelming amount of times, people would nod their heads and go, wow, that sounds good. That's not the way it was the last place I worked. And so it's all about building that intentional cult and to push against that, tyrannical top-down leadership.
0: Yeah. I think I told you guys, I was with my sister once and she introduced me to a coworker and she says, this is so-and-so she works for me. And in front of the coworker, I said, she works with you because what? And I go, she doesn't work for you. She works with you. Right? Yeah. I think that's super, super important. I think those leaders that, that want to be cold, fierce, and omnipotent will don't get the juice and energy out of their teams that someone who is servant leadership, mentor. And growth oriented thoughts. What do you guys think about that?
4: I say A, yes. And B, thinking about Myra's story, when you see a leader who has characteristics you don't like, or maybe you would even label as bad, the opposite of that doesn't equal good. It's easy to right. think about things on a flat continuum, but I would ask that people imagine more of a bell curve. The extremes are always oh, not that great, it's not more in the middle. Is where things start to happen and I, sure. i've seen experiences before had experiences before where people said i should do a particular job i watched people do that job and, and they think i could do it better but that didn't mean i did the opposite of what they did i thought okay i saw what they did that worked saw a pile of stuff that didn't so let me do what i can do in that what works category and disregard the rest and stumble on my own and learned on my own but if you're interested in being a leader and you jump from style to style, you can have a hard time finding your feet Incremental right. step to get there. We'll get you toward that servant leadership of how do we get this thing done rather than how do I make my people do whatever.
0: Have you ever had that Buddhist aha moment where you like, I want to be this kind of leader, but I'm going to try this new servant leadership, this new development style. And it worked and you had that Buddhist aha moment of, Hey, this is cool. This can actually work. And if you guys ever have that, where you actually change your leadership style to want to change your leadership style for the better. And it worked. Does that well, make sense?
3: For, yes. For me, Jeff, it, maybe my aha came slowly, if that's possible. But some of it, it is pretty straightforward. And my parents always told me to be nice to people and be respectful and follow the golden rule that do unto others as you would have them do unto you and that kind of stuff. And if that makes it, it falls under the umbrella of servant leadership, sure. I think so it does. But to me, it, it's more about building relationships, yep. like what you said about working for and with someone. I never referred to the people that I worked with as my employees or nope. my team. Yep. It, it was always us and our team and, and that yes. kind of stuff, we, um, not my staff. I, I just... That just drives me crazy. It's more, more togetherness and more camaraderie and in a warmer, gentler place where we did a lot of fierce business and very successful financially and otherwise. So to me, yeah, it's just, why can't you be nice, dude?
0: Mr. So I think I had an ex- Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Sam.
3: Well, I had an
4: experience that it wasn't quite, I want to change how I'm doing, but it was a confirmation that's going a decent direction. And I was asking my staff, so I was an entry-level professional working with undergraduate students. I told them what we had to accomplish and asked them, how should we get there? what How would you like to proceed? And we talked about it for a little bit. And one of them said, just tell us what you want us to do. And I said, it's not about what I want. It's about how to get to the best answer. And some folks like that, that and some folks didn't love it. But then it got to the next iteration was and these positions were again, a lot of turnover. It was normal. I was going to my next role. And my new staff, some were used to me and some were brand new to my work ethic and told them I was leaving and so forth and they were okay with it to a degree. But at one point, one of the staff members said, if we got a petition together and everybody signed it, would you stay? That's not quite how it works. I'd be super flattered, but please don't do that. A and B, I need to go into my professional experience and see your next staff, your next supervisor, maybe more awesome. You may have an even better experience. So yeah, that's how it's going yeah. to go. But one... Telling a story because my style seemed to work and I had confirmation of that. So I yeah. didn't have to experiment with being the fist pound the and throwing, why
0: do you d- brought up the thing of some people, yeah, my style, some people liked it. Some people didn't, when I was teaching, when I, when I created a training program and I brought the staff together, a cross-section of the staff, I would talk about what we're going to be doing and inevitably in every class, some, someone would say that's about my pay grade. And I would say, but that's not, that's, that's the culture I was trying to create was that empowered culture. And by the end of the 12 week training course, they were the most vocal, best team oriented people ever. It's so it's a lot of, unfortunately people are told, Hey, we're going to be a team. We're going to be a team. We're going to be a team, but it's more of, you need to, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? And it was a matter of proving walk the walk. And in your case, you did prove it and everybody bought into it. Or majority of the people bought into it and you had a fan base. Mr. McLaughlin's been itching to say something, sir. I
1: don't know. I just, when, when Geyer said, dude, be nice, was like, (laughs) I'm come from the world education and trying to get kids to be kind to each other. And so I, I, early on, I was like, I had a speaker friend and he did his keynote and I said, dude, your keynotes, dude, be nice. I came back and then like next year he had dude, be nice shirts. Yeah, And then everybody would always ask me, are you the dude, be nice guy? And I'm like, no, I'm the right. dude, be kind guy. Right? And they're like, wait, what's the difference? And I always say that there's a big difference between nice and kind. Yes. Huge difference. And so I always said right. kindness first. So kindness has the ability to say no. It has the ability to set boundaries. And it says, I'm not okay with this. You can be fine with that and that's on you, but I have a boundary and this is it. And it's kindness, nice can fall under kindness, but kindness rarely falls under nice. And so Ooh, it's a very, uh, yeah, it's a real interesting distinction. There's a lot of, sorry, my dog's neighbor's dog's barking in the background. She's not being kind. She's <laughs> no, being <angelic>. she's like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's interesting you say that. That's too,
0: interesting, because, I never thought of that. Yeah,
2: because I've heard it also said that nice is something you do for yourself. And kind is what you do for others. And I yeah. thought that that was very succinct way of putting it because nice isn't always telling the truth. Kind is doing the best thing for other people.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you're yourself. Yeah. And yeah. For
2: yourself. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and that's one of those things is that sometimes nice can become a doormat. It becomes the person that does everything for everybody. It's a weakness. It's a weakness. Yeah. It really is. And it's not, and and that's a whole, that could be another episode in itself as well as like leadership through kindness. And it is, I mean, it does come with boundaries and it's not always easy to be kind. It's easy to be nice. It's easier to be nice. It's not always easy to be kind. And no, and I agree because I've had bosses say,
0: you need to do it this way. And this employee is an X, Y, and Z. And my mentality was, you know what? I don't see that. And that's not the way I operate. And so it's another, right, I said it before. It's another hold my beer moment is, look, I'm going to prove that if you build team, you will exceed expectations. And I can't think of it. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I can't think of a time when that didn't happen. Because one person's opinion of, i sorry, Gary, I'm going to use you as an example. Guyer is an SOB and he's, and he's this and he's this and he's this. And you can get that into your mind and have already have a pre 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 Ordained thought of what, notion, yeah. preconceived notion, yeah, notion of what Geyer is going to be like. But in, the more I get to work with him in my style, I don't get that re, I don't get that vibe from him. And I get much more production out of him by being team, uh, a bridge builder <laughs> than a, than tearing down bridges. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. I know we're getting close to wrapping this up, Myra. Oh, yeah. Keep everybody yeah, on close.
2: Yeah, we are very close, actually. I think yeah. over over close. I just want to throw
0: over close. Over <laughs> close.
2: <laughs> yeah. That means is getting that. farther yeah.
3: away. <laughs>
0: yeah. Whoa. <I> <laughs> Mind blown. Uh,
2: you, yeah, yeah. You know how I have this love affair with Dr. Covey. And he usually has something in there that is applicable to whatever we're talking about. And this time it is about synergy. Yeah. Because one plus one can equal one or it can equal five. Depends on how leaders ap- approach it and use the integers that they have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's at Midwest math. If you look at one plus one is two, but you could also say it's also 10 minus eight. There's a thousand different ways. Oh, I like that. Out. Yeah. That's interesting too.
2: In, in, in my state. How's that? Still two.
0: It's still two. It's two. But you're taking stuff away. Mm -hmm. As opposed to multiplying or multiplying your numbers.
2: Yeah. I I was still in synergy. It's one of my personal favorites. Yeah.
0: That's a good one. So this has been a fun episode because honestly, we've all worked with somebody who's cold, fierce, and omnipotent. We've all worked with those people that are top-down oppressive leaders. And I think in this day and age, being more of a relationship builder, being more of a servant leader, working along others, not knowing they're being led. Is much more productive, much more acceptable, especially with younger people coming into the workplace. That's the kind of things they want. They're not looking to be top-down oppressed. They're looking to be part of something. They want to be part of a team and they want to be part of something bigger than who they are. I would love, we would love, to hear some of your stories on working for people that were cold, fierce, and omnipotent and how that changed to become something bigger and better by emailing us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's again askus at leadershipbs.co. Lady and gentlemen, it's been great to see you guys. Always lovely. Ditto. I was gonna say apparently not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Was that a rhetorical question? were you supposed to answer? I got confused. I'm sorry. I wasn't sure if you were talking to us or if you were talking to our listeners. Uh, our
1: listener. Listeners. Uh, you have three. Yeah, yeah. And over in New Zealand. Come on. Zealand. We're big there. We're very popular. Before I'm we um, in India,
2: I want to throw this out there. Send us your story. Send and if we if yours is just really compelling to what we've been talking about, we're gonna invite you on the podcast with us. Yeah. To tell your story. We would love to hear that. And yeah. it's a ball. You get to spend a, a recording time with one of the greatest teams that mm-hmm. I've ever been involved in. And All you time. will have we you will have a blast. So send us your story. What's our email address?
1: Ask, Ask us a, leadership
3: leadership leadership.
2: Co. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ask us. Leadership
3: Yeah. She's and, the one and, that created that
2: address.
3: Right yeah. Now, yeah. You know, and,
2: and,
0: <laughs> but she doesn't know it. Guys, it's good to see you. And listener, I hope you come back and join us again. I'm gonna go put my shirt back on because I got bacon to fry. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Until <buddy>. next time, <laughs> see you next week. Right, bye. You better bye. He